Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Patient Access Pulse. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us here for the show today, brought to you by Pelotas. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. It's a pleasure having you all along with us for another episode, whether you're joining us live as we do this show or later on as a recorded, uh, as a recorded podcast. We appreciate you just the same. Today, the topic that we're covering is iPass version 10. So we're going to dive into a lot of the particulars here with two subject matter experts who are going to tell us the ins and outs of what this means what some of the changes are, and what some of the benefits are going to be. So joining me here today is Christine Anderson. She's the Vice President of Solutions Management at Pelotas. Christine, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Tyler. Thank you for having me. Absolutely thrilled to have you on here today, Christine. And we're also thrilled to be joined by Tracy Eckerman. She's the Associate Vice President of Technical Solutions Management at Pelotas. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Tyler. It's good to be here. Excellent. Well, before we go too far, let's get to know you, uh, the two of you, a little bit better and, uh, and get to know a little bit more about your background. So, Christine, kick us off. Tell us a little bit more about your role at, at Pelotas and uh, everything that that entails. Absolutely. Well, I'll start off saying I've been with uh, Pelotas for over five years now. Um, I've had 28 years of experience in patient access, and right now I've had the honor and privilege of working with Tracy Ackerman, which will be introducing herself soon. Um, remarkably intelligent woman that I get to collaborate with, along with uh, David Reck, our, tech, our chief technology officer, and John Holyoke, our chief solutions officer, so that we can shape the uh, patient access products here at Pelotas. So uh, one of the best experiences in my career. Fantastic stuff. Christine, thank you so much. And Tracy, uh, tell us a little bit more about your role at Pelotas and maybe some of the work that you've, you do with Christine as well. Uh, sure. Well, I've um, worked in technology for over 20 years, um, with 15 of those years being specifically in healthcare. Um, and for the past two years, um, I've had the pleasure of working at Pelotas. And my role primarily consists of three things, um, partnering with John Holyoke, our Chief Solutions Officer, and Christine, uh, to set out the product vision, strategy, and roadmap for iPass and them. Um, I work closely with David Reck, our Chief Technology Officer, and our Lead Architect to lay out the best technical framework and architecture to achieve the goals of that product vision. And then I finally translate all of that uh, into an actual plan uh, for our engineering teams and oversee the development of the product from feature definition to final deployment. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you both so much for, for telling us a little bit more about yourselves and, and your role at Pelotas. And so let's dive in and talk a little bit more about iPass version 10. So let's set the stage, Christine. Tell us a little bit more about some of the factors that are in play in the healthcare and revenue cycle industry that have really forced healthcare companies to provide innovative and cutting edge technology. Uh, tell us a little bit more about, about why that's the case and what, what industry factors are pushing us in this direction. Absolutely. Um, I can think of a handful of items right now, actually. Um, the most obvious being the pandemic. Um, COVID has really been the catalyst that has driven digital transformation. As an example, really the, the need um, to ensure patient and staff safety, which has catapulted something I think has been something that's been needed in the industry, um, but the pandemic really did um, drive that. Um, also, another thing that comes to mind is the side effect 
of COVID that has resulted in the, uh, the labor shortage, unfortunately. Um, that has also driven the need for automation. Um, and a couple of other things that are really always ever present are the compliance requirements. Um, most recently, price transparency and the No Surprises Act. Um, but if you speak to anyone in patient access, they'll tell you, at least when it comes to the compliance requirements, um, that's nothing new. It's, it's pretty constant. They probably uh, just dub it the flavor of the month, um, only it's, it really has been on, on steroids lately. But th those are the ones I think that, that come to mind that have driven um, the change. So, Tracy, when it comes to some of the challenges that the industry is facing, let's talk about technology and the role that technology plays in help solving some of those challenges, especially as it relates to patient access. And so what pain points have been solved by technology? And just tell me a little bit more about the growth of technology in the sector. Well, I think... Um scheduling, telehealth, um, virtual intake. Um, the adoption of these really took off during the pandemic, um, but I don't think any problems have really necessarily been solved. Um, I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, and all of these digital tools being available has also prevented, presented different challenges. Um, patient data now can even exist in more silos than before if solutions aren't integrated. Um, I think interoperability is going to be um, absolutely critical um, in this next year for um, basically being able to, to leverage all those tools. Um, you know, for example, um, I took uh, my mother to three doctor's appointments recently, um, all within the same hospital system. And I had to confirm the appointments, um, get all of the forms completed in three different ways. It's in the same hospital system. And then when we went to check in, we were still seeing the registrars still going through the same process because systems were clearly not integrated. Um, so I think there's still a lot of work that can be done and, and our operability is going to be absolutely critical um, in, in getting getting us where we need to be in healthcare. Um, I'd love to to see a day where you know all the data is connected for the patient and they're really managing their own information. You know, they're the owner of the, the demographic information, the guarantor information, the insurance information, um, and can easily, uh, you know, push that uh, to the providers uh, for scheduling appointments and, and getting registered, um, which is one click away. They can get estimates for their services or, um, you know, search for a provider. It, you know, it, it truly would be remarkable if we can get, get to that point to make it really easy for the patients. Agreed. I, I think that um, we're, we're just building that foundation, really. Um, I don't think any one particular thing has been fully solved, um, but, but we are getting there. Um, and, and just opening up the opportunity for that digital consumer experience is, is one of those examples. And, and you mentioned interoperability, and I think that that also is, is, is really key. That's a, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up as well, Christine. So, we, And we know that, that Pelotas has been involved and, and really been pioneering a, a lot of technology. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the iPass software, iPass V10, and dive into how this is really leading the industry and continuing to point to the trend of digital transformation and efficiency. Christine, can you, you expound on that a little bit more and, and dive into to iPass? Yeah, 
Absolutely. See the smile? Um, I, I can talk about this all day. Um, I, I have a, a, a variety of items that I can talk about, but, but one of the main things that come to mind are the enhanced EHR integration. Um, it, it's really allowing us to provide a more streamlined patient access experience for those of us who have been in patient access. Um, and it's something that, that Tracy was talking about earlier. Um, we've always been tasked to access a variety of disparate systems. They, they uh, constantly have to go to different websites or, or different tools to perform a, a singular function. And by having the deeper integration, we can decrease the duplication of efforts. Um, an, another thing uh, is we've expanded the configuration screens. I know that sounds kind of boring, but not really. Um, it, it puts more in the hands of our customers and it provides more flexibility. Um, beyond the basics of just configuration and maintenance, um, we've also added just fun features uh, that allows it to be a more unique experience for our customers um, and build upon uh, something that is unique to their environment. Um, I, I can give you just a real basic example of uh, a screen to, to create custom labels. Um, so if, for example, you have a field in, in the system that's named account number and in your organization, you utilize the term encounter number. Um, Customers have the opportunity to really build the terms and, and create a, a unique experience that true, that's true to, to them, which I think is, is really special. Um, increased automation, uh, to build on what we were talking about earlier, um, we, we are having to do more with less, um, and, and that helps uh, to do that as we refer to things like the labor shortage. Um, but, but one of the main things that I really am um, most passionate and excited about um, is the virtual intake management suite. Um, it was the first suite of products that we launched on our V10 platform. Um, it, it really is bringing the patient into the center of the conversation uh, so that they are an active participant in the patient access journey. And it builds on what Tracy was mentioning before. Um, we've got to have the patient in the center to also be an end user in that process. Um, and in doing that, we're also meeting what we were talking about as far as the uh, consumer-based expectations that we've been driving, right? Um, we all know that through COVID, um, we've been able to expand that digital experience has become that expectation, right? We can check in for our flights from home. We can order our groceries. Um, now building upon that consumer-based expectation, they can pre-register themselves. Um, they can sign forms. They can upload documents like their driver's license, insurance cards, make payments. Um, all early along in the process completed prior to their arrival. And as we talk about integration, again, it's not just about the patient entering data. It's It's got to talk. It's It's got to communicate and integrate with other systems. So um, it will update the IPASS environment, integrate with the EHR so that it's a nice streamlined flow and, and the patient is a part of the conversation. So that, that for me um, really is 
is very exciting. Uh, my passion and knowing that we're just getting started as we build the foundation into the future um, towards some of the items that we were talking about um, is wonderful. It makes me happy. <laughs> you can feel the excitement coming off of the screen from, from Christine, actually. Uh, Tracy, do you have any follow-up to, to what you heard from Christine there? Uh, no, she touched on a lot of great points. Um, you know, we um, really provides uh, our clients um, a new platform to, to transform. Um, it's really an invitation to change. Um, we've got increased automation that Christine uh, mentioned, uh, increased integration with our EHRs, uh, new system configuration options, a fresh new interface um, with clear um, icons for financial clearance statusing. Um, you know, next year, we really plan on deepening our integration capabilities. Um, I think it's gonna be absolutely critical um, to, to be able to automate a lot of the demographic updates, authorization numbers, um, eligibility information, um, payment data. You know, our platform is set up to do all of this integration, um, extend our RPA. So it's really going to be exciting to, to, to really build on what we've already, already done and um, take the product to the next level. Yeah, and you, you know, Tracy, Machine learning is a big part of this upgrade. And I know machine learning can be a big and sometimes scary concept for a lot of people. So help demystify this for us a little bit. Tell us you know, how machine learning plays a part in this upgrade, but also how it makes the, the, the customer experience better and how cu customers ultimately benefit from the implementation of machine learning. Uh, this is one of the coolest things we've done. Um, so we've implemented machine learning in our patient responsibility estimator and price transparency calculators in V10. Um, providers who use these solutions will benefit from not only having the overhead of manual contract loading and maintenance um, to determine a good faith estimate, um, they will be able to use our system to um, will analyze their claim data um, automatically uh, to determine contextual allowances for the payers and as well as analyze the procedures on that information we're ingesting um, to provide the staff information on, you know, how often those services were billed and other services that were often included with them. So I think that really, um, you know, gives a lot more information to the registrar, whoever's doing the estimate to, to present to the patient, um, to give them a full picture of uh, the entire cost. I you love know, that. Yeah, and this is just our first step. Um, there's so many great use cases, I think, to um, to, to build into this. Um, I'd love to see this expanded um, in our product. Um, I can think of um, one of the, the big things that's going to be um, uh, a focus next year is working on prior authorization. And now that we're already ingesting all of this claim information, it's it's you know perfect to use for you know determining when prior us are required. I mean, it's a big challenge in healthcare and. Um, machine learning is a great tool um, to use for this. I, I am really, really excited about building on this foundation as well. Um, as Tracy has mentioned, um, driving towards meeting the, the needs and the fluctuation as it relates to prior authorization, admit notifier. Um, I, I know I can paint a broad brush with this thing and um, we'll, probably have some debates and challenges as to how I would envision using it, even as it relates to education or a variety of other things as we expand upon it. So I, I'm really excited to do that. 
Fantastic stuff. And I want to let the audience know that if you're watching live with us right now, you can submit questions there in the comment section if you would like. And so you can drop questions and we'll have uh, these, uh, these experts here with us, Christine and Tracy, uh, answering your questions as we continue to go along. We should have a couple more questions left. And so if you do have a question, if you have a clarification that you want us to perhaps respond to here on the, uh, on the live podcast here today, make sure to get those questions in for us and we'll try to answer as many of those as possible. Christine, uh, obviously data management is also a vital aspect um, that, that organizations should consider um, when it comes to improving efficiency and also business processes, right? Those are really important things. So how does this play into the upgrade that Pelotas is bringing to the market now? Obviously, uh, knowing the, the, how key that is just to, to creating higher efficiency. Well, I, I, I have to admit, I, I had a little fun with this one, and I apologize if I'm going to geek out for a moment. Um, but I actually Googled the definition of data management. And one thing that's really uh, basic and, and straightforward, right? What do you do with data? Um, but I, I have to read to you what it said because I, I read it over a dozen times because it hit me. Um, it says data management is the practice of collecting, keeping, and using data securely, efficiently, and cost-effectively. Right when when you read data management, you might forget one or two of those elements. It's it's a simple sentence, but it's a loaded one, um, and something that in patient access we really have been very very challenged in the full spectrum of data management. Um, when we start out at the beginning of of the definition, collecting the data, um, one would think that's a pretty basic thing, right? Um, unfortunately. Uh, what needs to be collected for each patient varies depending on the scenario. Um, and I know Tracy has had a recent experience. She could probably talk to it. Um, but if you think of the simple things like all the impacts to this example, if depending on the type of service that's being rendered, depending on whether or not the patient is insured or uninsured. Um, is this an accident? Is it work-related? Is it auto? Each of those unique scenarios requires a different set of data that has to be collected. Um, Tracy was telling me a story the other day as she went to go see one of our customers that they're they had sticky notes everywhere that were reminders to them of what they needed to do during these unique little scenarios that came up. Um, and what we've done is to ensure that we can create rules-based alerts that can take each of these scenarios and drive activity and reminders, right? Whether it's rule-based alerts, automation, work lists, so that you don't have all these sticky notes going on. Right. So if you have this example where you've got a Medicare patient who's coming in for an inpatient service. Now I know, in addition to making sure that I get a signed consent form and the notice of privacy practices, that I need to make sure that I complete the Medicare secondary payer questionnaire, that I need to get the important message from Medicare signed. And not only are you getting these rule-based alerts and items that are bringing things to the forefront to the staff, but it's driving the data directly to the patient so that immediately upon scheduling, that patient can go into VIM, virtual intake management, 
um, and do all of those things and know exactly what form to sign and, and have all of that data. And if the patient doesn't complete it, that the patient access representative is very clearly aware um, through real-time notification um, of the items that, that need attention. So, so that's just the piece on collecting. Nevertheless, what you have to do to keep the data and what you have to do to use it effectively. Um, we talked about this a little bit when it comes to keeping the data. Um, as the patient signs the forms or uploads their driver's license, that that data is integrated um, with the EHR so it can be stored in the patient's medical record without having to go through those extra steps and then ultimately using it um, as we offer uh, flexible reports uh, that can be modified by the end user on the columns they want to include or exclude filters and sorts. Um, but what I'm really excited about is really the use of enterprise analytics, going a little deeper, uh, capturing those statistics, tracking and trending so that customers can continue uh, to improve upon their, their performance. So I know I geeked out on you, but um, that it was very exciting to me and wanted to make sure I drove home on some of those items. I love that. I love that. Tracy, any follow-up on, on Christine's comments? Just, you know, on the technology side, this is a, an area uh, David and I have, have spoken a lot about um, and will be a critical focus in, in the next year. Um, being able to extend uh, our enterprise analytics offering, um, focusing on a, a self-service model, um, leveraging a framework like a, a a data mesh type architecture. Um, what I love about that is, you know, we really need to think about data as a product itself. Um, you know, big data, data lakes, you know, all these things are great. It's technology has made it very easy to consume a lot of data. Um, I think where the challenges are is being able to scale it from a consumer standpoint increasing the number of people who have access to this data and can use the data. Um, ingesting a bunch of data is only valuable if it's easily accessible, is trustworthy, um, and consumable by who needs to use it. Um, so that is definitely going to be a, a, a focus for next year and something I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Excellent, excellent stuff. Well, as we begin to uh, to wrap up our conversation here today, I'd love to get you some final thoughts from each of you. Anything either that we haven't touched on yet or that you think is important to mention uh, or just a summary statement that, that, that people can walk away with from this episode here today. So, Christine, let's start off with you. Uh, any final thoughts here for our listeners and, and for our audience just on IPAS 10 and, and the benefits that it provides? A absolutely. Um, we have been talking a, a lot about technology today. Um, but for me, I, I really feel that we should be reminded that its advancement uh, it really should be for the betterment of others. It should be about the patient and the staff uh, to provide an inclusive experience for the patient through their journey and also ensure that the patient access staff are being considered um, to provide ease of use, a rewarding experience, ultimately to, to put people first. I think that's that's very well put. Uh, Tracy, final thoughts. Uh, what do you want to leave our listeners with here today? Um, you know, I, again, it's been a great discussion. Uh, digital transformation, maturity, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight, um, but getting the right data in the right system 
and working with the right people will drive organizational transformation and help our clients improve their business processes and patient access. Um, so it's really exciting. Excited to, to, to see the, the V10 uh, platform just grow from where it's already at. I love it. I love it. Well, it has been a pleasure having both of you on here today. Um, Christine, Tracy, uh, where should people go if they have questions, if they want to learn more information, if they want to reach out uh, to learn more about Pelotas, to learn more about IPASS, all of those sorts of things? Uh, what's what's the best resource for them to do that? I think they should go straight to Pelotas.com and look us up. <laughs> That sounds uh, pretty easy, pretty self-explanatory, and I think the best possible answer. Christine Anderson and Tracy Eckerman, thank you both so much for joining us here on this episode of Patient Access Pulse, sharing some uh, some insights into uh, into iPass version 10 and uh, and giving us some expertise here. We appreciate it very much. Thank you for the opportunity, Tyler. Have a great day. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much once again. And audience, thank you for joining us for this episode of the show. We appreciate it very much. And we hope that you found it educational, informative, all of the above. And make sure to head to pelotas.com for more information. If you want to reach out, if you have questions, head to Pelotas and, uh, and get your questions answered. Reach out to the experts there for more information. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more, episode of patient, more episodes of Patient Access Pulse very shortly. But for this one, for my guests, Christine Anderson and Tracy Eckerman, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.